Welcome to the Radio 191 FM podcast. Now we've got an interview with Robert Patman, a professor of foreign policy at the University of Otago. Morning, Robert. Morning, William. How, how, how are you going this morning? Good, thank you. Um, so you're here to talk about um, the Niger crisis Niger? going on, uh, Niger, the crisis going on at the moment. Um, would you be able to give us some context or like relevant information about the background of um, Niger? Yeah, uh, Niger experienced a, a military coup on uh, the 26th of July. Um, President Bazoum had been the democratically elected leader. I think he was elected in uh, September 21 or something like that. Um, and um, the election was contested, so the opposition leader wanted a recount, but the African Union, who were election observers, said it was a fair and free election, and the, uh, the result stood. Um, a number of neighbouring countries uh, have experienced military coups, including uh, Burkina Faso, and also uh, Mali. So, uh, and of course, many observers see this as part of a pattern where we've had countries going down the democratic route, but then experiencing military coups. And unfortunately, Niger seems to be um, following in the, the footsteps of these countries which have experienced that, that pattern. So what is the position of the region then if if they support if the African um, Union supported Well there's a division the, um, there's ECOWAS um, and which is an international organisation which is the Economic Community of West African States um, and that includes 15 countries their approach to what's happened has been on the face of it, uncompromising. They've demanded a return to constitutional rule. Uh, Nigeria is a powerful player within ECOWAS. Um, on the other hand, there have been military regimes neighbouring um, Niger who have strongly backed the new military regime in Niger and warned ECOWAS that they'll face you know, a full-on war if they try to intervene to overthrow the military regime in in Niger, so um, the the region is divided. Uh, at the moment, despite taking a tough line, it looks unlikely that ECOWAS will, at least in the short term, militarily intervene. After all, the deadline they gave the new military authorities a deadline and um, threatened intervention if they didn't step down and pave the way for the democratically elected uh, president, President Bazoum, to return. That deadline's come and gone. Um, nothing's happened. Um, I think there's... Why is that? There are divisions within ECOWAS. For example, the Nigerian government, and Nigeria's a democracy, wants um, to take quite a strong line. It sees what's happened in Nigeria... Uh, as just another failure for the constitutional rule. Um, but the domestic situation in Nigeria is that it's divided. For example, the Senate in Nigeria uh, doesn't support the government on um, ECOWAS, with part Nigerian participation, intervening to reverse the military coup. So 
it looks at the moment like there's just cut long story short there are divisions within echo was on what to do what's the next step and so often when the organizations are divided they d- don't do too much and so is it almost like a division of um democratically um aligned states versus more militaristic powers well i think there is uh, some tensions um not only between members of echo was um but also within countries which are whose governments want to support a more uh if you like robust response um uh, the the other factor here is that um we shouldn't discount it's not just the regional dynamics of the situation which seem to be favoring the military coup but also the fact that um there is international support for the new military regime from uh the Wagner group Russia which is very active in sub-saharan africa and also uh china um one of the reasons is quite a good fit between these military regimes that seize power and authoritarian backers like china and russia is that russia and china do always make a bait virtue of not interfering as they call it in domestic affairs which is cut you know decoded means we're happy to provide military support for you of course at a price um and in and, and as part of the deal uh, we don't mind if you use the military aid we give you to crush your domestic opponents that's fine too so from if you know if you're a wannabe strong man uh strong person authoritarian in an african country you might see a potential support from the wagner group is very useful so and i think the wagner group now is active in seven african countries making very lucrative deals out of it as well so the future of uh, Niger's democracy isn't particularly bright. It's in the balance, I would say. Mm. Um, and uh, the fear, of course, is that ordinary citizens uh, are the ones who pay the cost for. Uh, you know, one of the what, what? Why did the coup occur? Well, there was, the official reason was that the military said they had to move because the democratic elected government was not cracking down hard enough against um, terrorist groups like Al-Qaeda and ISIS, which are active in Africa. That was the official reason. But since they've come to power, the incidents involving these extremist groups have actually multiplied. Far from cracking down against them, uh, they've actually lost soldiers to them in, in, in military confrontations. So you have to wonder if there are other motivations. I think there's two. I think another motivation uh, for military coups um, is that the military um, fear in a democracy that their position, their privileged position, will be reduced. But it's no secret that Bazoum was on the ver- President Bazoum was on the verge of removing a number of senior military leaders before the occur- uh, 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 before the coup occurred. So. Um, that's one factor. Another factor, of course, is that uh, when you've got an authoritarian regime, that often means, and you're not accountable to public opinion, 
you can help yourself to the riches of a state. You can become very rich very quickly. Mm. And that may be another motivation. This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.